Hello and welcome to a very jam-packed episode of Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and we got some shocking box office numbers coming out of China, New York moves to fully reopen, and some movie updates in Hollywood. Let's get started with the numbers. In first place is Demon Slayer, that's right, in another close battle with Mortal Kombat. Demon Slayer came out on top with 6.4 million for a total of 32.2 million. That means in second place is Mortal Kombat with 6.2 million for a total of 34 million. In third place is Godzilla vs. Kong with 2.7 million for a total of 90.3 million. In fourth place is Separation, opening with 1.8 million. Finally, in fifth place is Raya and the Last Dragon with 1.3 million for a total of 41.5 million. So the big news coming from this weekend is the rematch, which Demon Slayer won. Both movies had big drops compared to their opening weekend, but Mortal Kombat dropped a bit more at 73% compared to Demon Slayer's 70%. For Demon Slayer, that was kind of expected, as it is an anime film. But Mortal Kombat, I think that shows the mixed reviews and people re-watching, or now just watching on HBO Max, is affecting it. And I'm also beginning to wonder if the market for people who want to go back and re-watch films in theaters is being killed by HBO Max, since they can watch it in theaters the first time, and if for any parts of the movie they want to re-watch, they can go to the streaming service. Now let's talk about China, where they had their Labor Day weekend, and with it, a slew of movies that came out, and there is one that, oh boy, is a mess. Let's start with the top five. Opening in first place was Cry Me a Sad River, with 65.1 million. Opening in second place is a spy thriller, Cliff Walkers, with 37.7 million. Home Sweet Home opened in third place with 19.4 million. In fourth place was Once Upon a Time in Hong Kong, which opened with 13.8 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Breakthrough to Darkness with 7.3 million. Now, you may be wondering, Tyler, where is Dynasty Warriors? Didn't that open this weekend? Right, we talked about it on the podcast, we talked about it coming out, all that. Yeah, it did, it did. Um, it just bombed so hard that no major media site reported on it, uh, thanks to Twitter user Daniel Ahmed. Uh, we got some numbers, and uh, as of Tuesday, uh, it made uh, <clears throat> $2 million overall, yes. Didn't crack the top five. I don't even think it cracked the top ten. And if we're looking at ratings on the Doban app, uh, movie watchers are giving it a lovely 5.1 out of 10. So not only is this film so dead, it's going to cost studios that made it quite a bit as well. So yeah, me thinking it may be first or second place, uh, that didn't pan out too well. As for the rest, the numbers overall are not as big as I thought they would be. It's not bad, don't get me wrong, but these numbers look like more like numbers from movies that came out in China last fall, which were okay. At least China's getting F9 in a few weeks, so that should spice things up. Looking at international numbers, Godzilla vs. Kong is now at 415 million worldwide. Deadline is reporting that it will be released in theaters in the UK on May 17th, as theaters over there start to reopen, but I'm not sure how much it will get. Unless it does big in Europe and Japan where it gets released there, 500 million is looking out of reach. Mortal Kombat is now at 67 million worldwide. If it does release in Europe, I could see it doing 100 million by the end of its run, but not much more than that. Nobody is at 41 million worldwide. And Raya and the Last Dragon is now at 103.7 million worldwide. As for Hollywood news, let's get this out of the way. Morbius has been delayed again, this time only one week to January 28th, 2022. It will now go up against Blumhouse's movie, The Black Phone. A small change from Sony, nothing too serious, as they resettle their releases for the next few months. So yes, as I mentioned earlier, cinemas in the UK will be allowed to reopen May 17th. The government has decided not to delay that. We have already got confirmation 
from Odoron that they will have some of their locations open on the 17th, with more opening in the weeks to come. Vu has said that they will open all their cinemas on the 17th, and even have a brand new location opening as well. Obviously, as the UK comes out of the pandemic, there is reduced capacity, and face masks are required when going to the cinema. I'm glad theaters are reopening in the UK as the global box office starts to get back on track, but it's going to take a while. Seeing the surge in Japan and the absolute firestorm happening in India, it's going to take until 2022 to see the box office at 100%. Another country looking to start reopening cinemas is France, with their president saying that they will do so on May 19th. While this may sound great, this is a bit more concerning than, say, the UK. While the UK is close to 50% fully vaccinated, France is only at around 9%. So hopefully this, along with uh, restaurants reopening, they're also planning to do that, uh, that it does not cause a spike and a possible fourth lockdown for the country. And for theaters, let's wrap it back to America. The Alamo Drafthouse has announced that they will open 15 of their theaters across the country on May 15th. This includes locations in New York City, Los Angeles, and Dallas. Also, Governor Cuomo has announced that he will be dropping capacity requirements for most venues starting May 19th. This includes theaters. What this means is that while you'll still have to wear masks, theaters in the state can start booking full showings in a few weeks. He also mentioned you'll have to do some social distancing, but it's unclear what he means because in a packed theater, you are six inches away, not six or even three feet. With cases dropping consistently in the state, it makes sense to increase capacity, but not sure if 100% right now is the best move. But let's be honest, this is more likely about him upstaging the New York City mayor. Staying on theaters, Cinemark is growing their relationship with Netflix with limited nationwide releases. The first one is for Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which will be in Cinemark theaters on May 14th for a week and then go to Netflix itself on the 21st. I think one positive change about the theatrical window being shortened uh, going forward after the pandemic is it allows streaming movies to premiere in theaters. Netflix has always wanted to do this for a while, but they never wanted the 60 or 90 day exclusivity window for theaters. You know, they went to theaters, they're like, we want to premiere our movies for a few weeks. And they're like, it's, you know, 90 days. And they said no, and that was it. But now, at least with Cinemark, they can premiere it in theaters for a week or two, collect some cash, and then put it up in streaming. I also think this will help promote the movies a bit more as people start to go back to theaters. And for Cinemark, this will give them more content to play and get people to come in. I do wonder if AMC and Regal will work with Netflix or other streaming platforms to premiere their movies in theaters. Now for movies in production, Dungeons & Dragons have started filming with the cast in Iceland. For a movie not coming out until 2023, I guess this is the only time they can get the majority, if not all, of the cast to film together. Or maybe they are putting in a lot of CGI for it. Anyway, for Paramount, I do hope this is a success for them, and could even be their version of Lord of the Rings, just on a smaller scale. Also for Paramount, they are starting to get things together for their next Transformers movie. Deadline has the exclusive on this with Dominic Fishback close to signing on for a role in the film. If she signs on, she would co-star with actor Anthony Ramos. That's about all we know. Besides, it's still coming out next June. It is still unclear if this is a Bumblebee 2 or a reboot of the Bay films. That is still a mystery. Paramount continues on their role of strengthening their content. But again, Ryan Reynolds, that's right, his production company Maximum Effort, has signed a three-year first-look deal with the studio. So it looks like besides Deadpool 3, his next few films will be with Paramount. As for why Paramount, well, because some of the people there are the ones that helped him at Fox to get Deadpool made. Here's Reynolds' quote on signing with the studio. Quote, We are so happy the next chapter of Maximum Effort will be written at Paramount. The Deadpool movies would have never have happened without Jim Giannopoulos and Emma Watts. And personally, I've come to rely on Emma's incredible insights and instincts. Moviegoing deserves a comeback, and we're excited to help make it happen with Jim, Emma, and the rest of the Paramount team, end quote. 
So yeah, for him, he gets a chance to work with people he likes working with, he can trust. And for Paramount, they get a chance to get some quality films. So, win-win all around. VOD Premium is going crazy this week with all the streaming platforms announcing something new. And we got a question that's been asked on this podcast for a while now that's finally answered. First up is Netflix. Deadline is exclusively reporting that they have bought the domestic rights for a Studio Canal film, Gunpowder Milkshake. The studio fully financed the film and is keeping the international rights to release in other countries. Deadline even has a breakdown of the countries, which is nice. So right now, they are confirmed to be releasing the movie themselves in France, Germany, UK, Australia, and New Zealand. After the deal with Netflix, they still have the rights to release it in China, Latin America, and Canada. As for the film itself, it's a female-centric action movie starring Lena Headley, Karen Gillian, and Angela Bassett. So it's got a great cast, and I have to assume Netflix thinks it's a really good film to only get the domestic rights for it. Studio is also in early development for a sequel. So they also clearly, they have something here. No set release date for it on Netflix. So one of the questions I had on this podcast is what is Sony doing with their take on Cinderella? And it's going to Amazon. Another exclusive from Deadline here, but Sony and Amazon are close to finishing a deal for Amazon to have the worldwide rights from the movie, besides China, of course. With this change, there is no new date for the film, other than they will premiere sometime this year. There's also no mention of how much the deal was for. Well, now we know why Sony moved Escape Room 2 right up to Cinderella's release. As for them selling it, my guess is they feel it's not strong enough to release this year. July is packed, and from September on, it's going to be big movies after big movies, and then in the winter you have the Oscar movies. So depending on the budget, it might have been better for them to just be more pragmatic, sell it, and make a small profit, which it looks like what they're doing. Viacom CBS looks to finally be stepping up their own film selection for Paramount Plus and are giving themselves a movie instead of selling it to Amazon. I know, it's a, it's a shock. The Mark Wahlberg movie Inferno, which has been moving around releases this summer, is going to Paramount Plus in June. This makes it leave what it was its latest spot in September, which is probably a good move since that September currently has Venom 2 and Sang-Chi also premiering. For Paramount Plus, this is very much a smart move. While they're doing good with their TV shows, the library content, and new content, they have been lacking in new films hard, and with Top Gun and Mission Impossible delayed, they cannot count on advertising them being on the platform for months. Remember, you know, when they unveiled Paramount Plus, they talked big about, oh, 45 days after movie comes to theaters, it'll go to Paramount Plus. So back then, the schedule was, all right, Top Gun 2 is a summer movie. So by the fall, September, October, you can promote heavily in the fall we just got Top Gun on our service. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 would be out in November. So kicking off 2022, after the holidays, you can be like, we just got the next big Mission Impossible movie on our platform. They don't have that now. So adding a solid action movie with Mark Wahlberg is a safe choice to get people interested. Also, over the summer, they will also have A Quiet Place Part 2 to advertise when they get it on their platform. So that's also good. Apple is getting into buying movies this week by buying another Tom Hanks movie. Deadline with the exclusive on this with Apple winning an auction to buy Finch, a movie starring Tom Hanks who builds a robot to take care of his dog after he passes. It also looks like this might try to be a awards contender, with Deadline saying a release in that window is likely, and even do a limited theatrical run to qualify. I guess if it gets nominated, good for Apple? I mean, they're becoming more serious about Apple TV+, Plus, which is good to see. For Tom Hanks, I wonder how he feels that he's becoming more of a staple of the, of the service, like an icon. When this comes out, two of the platform's biggest movies will be headlining him. That's just something that crossed my mind. Anyway, 
That is it for a long-packed episode of Box Office Receipts. The question for the episode is, do you think Paramount as a whole are making the right decisions needed to remain a competitor in the ever-tougher media market? A big question, I know. But let me know on Facebook. Link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you.